OK. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OK Podcast. My name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And it is May. And... <laughs> Earth Day just passed, yep. and to celebrate Earth Day, we are going to be discussing sustainability, sustainability. and <laughs> ethical fashion yep. and other pieces of information going along with that topic with today's guest, who is going to be Christina Lean, the mm-hmm. hands behind Clean the Label. Before we get into that, though, yeah. we have a lot of important announcements and updates. Exciting news. It's like, it's super exciting. Yeah, yeah. We again, were, like, jumping around and screaming at me. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. I, oh, boy. So, again, we're not doing any spotlights anymore. Now yeah. we're kind of doing more of announcements, update yeah. section, um, yeah. if there's anything important going on. And also, we have those things on our Facebook page. So if yes. you still want to like see like what clothing that we're into or events or people's outfits and things like that, we post it on the page because we thought like those are very visual parts. Of, yes. Um, and if you have interest. any spotlights or brand spotlights or events that you would like for us to share on the Facebook page, shoot us a message, shoot us an email, send us some links, and we yeah. will get those posted because we want to support you guys right right so the first little announcement that we have is we were recently featured in the first issue of k club yeah now if you don't know where have you been i know are you under a rock (laughs) you need to go and listen to the previous episode (laughs) hello um we were recently featured on k club and k club is a new j fashion zine run by our friends callie and kit yeah of well callie is part of odacue apparel yeah um Kit is co-founder of K-Club. K-Club, and it was so much fun. Yeah, we were a part of the matcha section. Se- segment, yeah. Yeah, where it was like kind of like an interview that has to do with something that's kind of maybe a, a touchy or controversial topic. Hot take. Yeah, hot take, yeah. And so And our, it's called matcha because we're spilling the, the tea. tea, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I, I almost started crying when I heard that because it was so good. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if you haven't been able to uh, listen to the previous episode when we had Callie on, we talked a bit about the subject on our podcast um, while interviewing Callie, and then we did an interview with K-Club founders about the same topic. It was about cultural appropriation and J-fashion. On our podcast episode, we kind of discussed the um appropriation of black culture yeah the appropriation of black culture in j fashion and then on the segment in k club we discussed more of like is j fashion in western areas like cultural appropriation in gray areas as far as that goes so it was really interesting to do. It was fun to do. The interview that we did, we had recorded, and we ended up transcribing it. So um, it's readable. The day that we did that, I it was it had been a long day, and I was very <laughs> tired. But it translated extremely well to yeah. text, and it was really good. And also, if you buy the physical copy of K-Club, it also includes a little postcard and a yeah. sticker that I now have on my laptop. Um, yeah, if you subscribe, um, I see that like the next issue is going to have a sticker um, with collaboration with Kawaii Sheriff, which is a fantastic artist with a variety of really cute characters and stuff. I really like the diversity and um, the artwork that they do. so It's all so exciting. So if you haven't already gotten your copy of K-Club, 
go do it. They also have e-copies now. Yeah. So if you don't necessarily want a physical copy or you are interested in the sticker or postcard, go get that e-copy. They right. also have higher tiers or higher subscription tiers where you get like AK Club patch and jewelry and cool stuff like that. You get to see really cool artwork pieces that could be like comics or illustrations. I've seen some of the illustrations in there and it's just really good. They have some really good artists um, involved. They like feature and interview different people, designers and stuff. They also had on that issue an interview from Creepy. So if you guys know Daniel, our good, good friend, we adore him. He has a really awesome interview segment in there as well. Yeah, and there's plenty of other reviews and stuff. There's a DIY tutorial in there, which is super dope. You can also submit if you're an artist and you want to become involved or a writer or something like that. Definitely contact them they're open to all sorts of collaborations and they have a spot on their website for artists and for brands that want to advertise inside of the issue things like that it's very affordable especially if you you are a smaller brand and they can even do designing for you the next announcement that we have i'm gonna give it over to kamila because i have no idea what this is (laughs) (laughs) um so by the time this goes on air anime st louis will be in full swing I am just like in total prep mode. I'm a guest for Anime St. Louis and I'm going to be a part of the fashion show as well as the very many other J fashion events that are there. And yeah, I'm just in like prep, 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 prep. I made like, you know, new designs that I'll be premiering there at the show. (laughs) Some that I have seen and I absolutely adore. Yeah. And so um, I did a photo shoot with a couple people over uh, the weekend. So I need to like edit those photos. Not in time for Anime St. Louis, but in time for some in-person photos of these items. And um, hopefully I'll get some really good photos at Anime St. Louis. And I can't wait to meet people there. I've never been to the convention heard good things. Yeah, I'm like excited. I'm going to have a musical guest huh. sing <laughs> on stage huh? um, with the uh, hard to now very, on. <laughs> now I'm super confused because I don't know this. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm like pretty excited to do this because it's like I've never kind of done that before. It's kind of Victoria's Secret-ish <laughs> um, in that way. So I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, let's try this and see how it goes. Because if it goes well, it'd be cool if when I go to different conventions, if I know that there's like some sort of like maybe an idol group or something that wants to like collaborate, you know, we'll do a small like dance or something on stage and we'll have your stuff on and things like that. So, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love her music. I she Yeah, she has the cutest voice. Like she's so multi-talented. Oh yeah. She oh. used to be in a band. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, through Tokyo Rebel in New York called oh. um Mujuroku Cookie. But now that Tokyo Rebel is closed down, they mm. don't sell the CDs anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe the music is still on Spotify, or at least her music is. I was trying to find a CD, and like the only one that's available is like $200 because they're all out of print. Wow. Yeah, so can't find those anymore. You can find two music videos available, and then there's a music demo available on YouTube for Mujuroku Cookie. But now she is doing a collaboration with Hal, 
who I'm not very familiar with. It's Haruka Kurobayashi X How 2019. I think they're touring right now because I saw some photos on her Instagram of her on stage singing and I was like, I want to go. Yeah, she performed at a convention in Mexico and she was wearing my damn it shirt. <gasps> yeah, I have some screenshots of it that are just like, oh, try to, okay, not that great, but hey, <laughs> trying to catch it with my phone. It's <laughs> it's quality enough to go on the story, but not quality enough to yeah. go on the main Insta. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so our next little announcement that we have is we both are going to be at Anime Central this year boothing for Hard Decora. Yeah, this is going to be a really cool ASIN having a lot of my friends being the... <laughs> Co-wad squad. Yeah, so um, I'm going to really enjoy that. Yeah, I'm going to be selling uh, some new items as well as some of previous items and stuff like that. I try to keep the uh, the best sellers from previous releases um, going. The Fight Me shirt last year was really popular. Yeah, so um, bringing that back in. Last time I didn't get to have the Try Me shirt, and I felt like people started asking for it. Like, where's that shirt where the girl is doing this? And I'm just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I need to bring that shirt back then. I went to Anna Marathon and stuff, and it it sold really well there, so bringing that shirt back to yeah i'm like excited to see like at uh, anime st louis what sells well from my new releases and you know bringing that to asen and seeing what hits there too so it's all just like a trial and error process i was like putting so much on asen but then i have some different conventions after that that i'm just like you know what i'm gonna be able to split up having more new things yeah (laughs) rather than like pushing myself too hard i finished the comic i'm like preparing it for print now yeah so i don't think it'll be like ready for asen but in june it should be all good. Oh, I'm so proud yeah. of all my friends. <laughs> I, whenever I get, whenever I hear good things, I just start beaming and I'm so excited. So along with myself and Kamila, there's also yeah. going to be Jesse Moonheart, our yeah. very good friend, and mm-hmm. Fatty Chan, a.k.a. Local Bunny. Fat- yeah, local Fatty Chan. So we're going to have lots of fun. If you guys are interested, come on down, say hi to us, peruse the wares, buy yeah. some stuff, take pictures. I'm going to be modeling slash boothing yeah. all three days. It's so exciting. So <laughs> exciting. But also, I'm also mad at ASEN because they didn't accept any of our, like, J-Fashion panels. Like, not just from, like, me and Hayden, but other people's J-Fashion panels. So there, we haven't seen any being accepted. And it seems like they're, like, kind of turning their backs on the whole J-Fashion scene. I spoke with Raina about it and... Reina feels that it's mainly because the J Fashion panels never brought a huge crowd, mm-hmm. um, even when they did have brands like H Naoto one yeah, year. Yeah, they- And she also told me that it's mainly because the J Fashion scene in Chicago and in the Midwest overall is more older folks in their yeah. early 30s to m- mid to late 40s. So they're not like... They're not necessarily con goers or partiers. Yeah. It's we kind of just meet up 
individually or something like that, but like outside of a convention, probably. Yeah. So that that's a main yeah. contributor. I mean, it's awesome that they're still bringing hard decora and other J fashion brands or at least booths that carry J fashion items are going to yeah. be there. I mean, it, it just goes back to if you guys want it, we got to we got to go for it. So the only right. way there's going to be more J fashion at anime conventions is if we create a sustainable community that wants J fashion at conventions. Right, that we can that we can show. Yes. You know, we have to like it has to be visual and financial for the convention to do that. Yeah, ASEN, yeah, started off really strong. Like, they were one of the first to bring in AP, I believe. Wow. I think the community is different here now. And so they're reading that and kind of, like, investing more into what I see is, like, the music scene. Um, yeah, which is really interesting. But yeah. it's also, like, Lincoln had one panel. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Can we just have a panel? Just, like, one. <laughs> but there is going to be a meetup on Saturday at 2 Ooh, very fun. So you will definitely see us there. And our next and final announcement, which is by far the biggest and most exciting. We have press badges for Anime Expo. (laughs) So we are going to go to Anime Expo this year. We are going to be press this yes. year. So we're going to be going to the fashion show. We're going to be hopefully maybe talking with fashion show guests yeah. and exhibitors and getting super cool interviews and content there. Right. I believe we discussed that our topic for this anime expo is going to be international community. Yeah. So that's going to be a really fun topic to discuss with international guests. Yep. Um, Can't wait to see who those guests are going to be. We're going to be going to the uh, J Fashion meetup there so you guys can chat with us there. It's going to be lots of fun. Yeah. I'm super excited. A yeah, four-day so convention. I've never, like, we've never, like, done anything like that before, like, officially being press for mm-hmm. a convention. So this will be an awesome, like, first experience for it to be Anime Expo. we got to make more business cards. Yeah, we do. Oh, God. <laughs> and we're going to be able to use this as, like, oh, we can do this at other conventions. Yeah, it's definitely a really awesome thing to have in our portfolio. Yeah. So, come on. Milo's going to be at Anime St. Louis. We're going to be at ASEN. We're going to be at Anime Expo. There are so many opportunities to meet with us, and we want to meet you guys. You guys are awesome, and you guys are the reason why we're here. So please, come talk to us. (laughs) So going back to the rest of this episode, we are speaking with Christina Lean, the hands and designer behind Clean, the label. Oh, that's so perfect. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Oh, and her name starts with a C, and then Lean, Clean. Oh my God, I just got that. (laughs) I'm not high, you guys. Regular me. Uh, well, we're more we're sleeping high. <laughs> yeah, it's very early right now. Hey, y'all! It's Hayden. It's Kamila. We've talked a bit about how OK Podcast is a labor of love for us. Yes. Neither of us get paid to create this content, and we make it because it's important and we love to do it. Yeah, doing this podcast does take a lot of time and a bit of money, though. Because of that, we would like to tell you about our Patreon. If you become a monthly Patreon at any level, you'll get to contribute questions to our monthly guests. 
And if you donate at the $3 a month level, you'll gain access to our bonus patron content, which has special interviews with our guests. Like what it's like to be in a Garusa, switching styles and tips on modeling in Japan. There's absolutely no obligation to become a patron whatsoever, but we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you so much. And now back to the show. Woo! Getting right into our interview for today, we have Christina Lean, the hands and designer behind Clean. So Christina studied and is trained in textiles and fashion. She created Clean as a genderless label originally, then discovered a gap between alternative fashion and sustainable slash ethical fashion. Ethical fashion is now her main priority, and it's driven her to design more and more made-to-order one-off designs. Clean is colorful, chaotic, and genderless clothing made with a conscience. Hi, Christina. How are you doing today? Going good. Um, Just had Fashion Revolution Week finish off today. Your podcast coming in just in time as well. It was our Earth Day recently. And Two, so yeah. I thought, oh, yeah. this is perfect. It's not the month of April, but it was just recently. So it would be yeah. perfect and everything's going hand in hand. We are going to talk to you about Fashion Revolution in our patron content. So if anyone out there is interested in learning more about Fashion Revolution, become one of our patrons and you will get that patron content as soon as it's ready. And as soon as that first payment goes through, yeah. we'll send you that back catalog. So, Christina, the first question that we have for you is, for those who don't know, what is sustainable fashion? Well, to begin with, we'll actually like mean different things to each different person, but generally it's almost revolving around the same thing. So for me, I looked at the two words separately. Sustainable, mm-hmm. able to maintain a certain rate or level. That's more pertaining to maintaining the environment or even the person that's making things for you. And then mm. fashion, popular style, clothing, et cetera, is blah, blah, blah. And then for me, it's just a way of dressing with garments that have minimal impact on the environment and mm. or maintaining the livelihoods of the creators of the garments. You know, I think a lot of people yeah. think about sustainable fashion and they think primarily about the environmental impact and yeah. not necessarily yeah, exactly. the impact that it has on the people creating the designs. Right. Yes, you need to sustain the workers because they're the ones making it for you. Everything is handmade. Someone's touch the garments or group of people have in order to get to its final stage. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to go ahead and create a sustainable fashion brand? Well, funny enough, or not not really funny, when I was studying, the first year we were introduced to a bit of sustainable fashion, but it wasn't a huge, huge emphasis because we were like first years in. I just walked into the sewing room not even knowing what the word seam meant. So (laughs) none of that stuff was in my head. We just had to like go baby steps, learn all this technical garb and all the skills for sewing, mm, particularly. Yeah. Or the year before I started, that's when the Rana Plaza incident happened. So okay. do you guys know much about that? No. No, yeah, please explain. Okay, so in 2013, this is just months before I started studying, in Bangladesh there was is that where a place the- called Rana Plaza. Mm-hmm. Sorry, like I'm trying to think like I remember something about the roof crashing in on a factory. Yes, that's that's the one. Okay. So it's called the Rana Plaza collapse. Okay. So what happened was there's this big building. You have building regulations, right? Mm -hmm. The people who owned that particular building, they had offices underneath and then order garment workers and order machines Mm -hmm. all on top. And then they decided let's add in more floor, um, floors to make the building higher so it can fit more people in, more businesses, blah, blah, blah. And then okay. 
it came to the point that they've gone too far from the building regulations and mm. there's emergency. The people in the offices underneath, they, they knew something was going to happen, so they all evacuated. However, when it came to the garment workers upstairs, they weren't allowed to leave. The, oh, no. Or their bosses just went, no, 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 you can't leave. Get back to work or else you won't get paid and you will lose your jobs. Oh, wow. And then moments later, the whole building just collapsed. Oh, my God. And the death toll was over a 1,000. Wow. You know, and then 2,500 people approximately were injured. When you see the photos, it's more of an impact in me explaining this. And so that happening only a few months before you started studying, take us to you stepping into that room and into your, your sewing class and the day where you thought about the Rana Plaza incident as you were sewing. Did, did something like that happen mm-hmm. where you just thought of it and you're like, oh, this is, this is important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my first sewing project, because I wasn't very good at the start, got better quite quickly. But I begin to think this is actually hard work. Yeah. You're not sitting in an office or sitting in an art studio drawing because that that makes nothing happen. You have to actually be making things, materializing your designs, working in 3D, not a not a drawing. And so did that like give you insight into how hard the garment workers must be working in those factories? Yeah, definitely and I and they haven't much worse, like, not besides a little paid. Like, now it's come to the point where the bosses are like, no, you can't have bathroom breaks and blah, 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 and then people fainting because they didn't eat enough or mm. drink enough water. So they're basically, like, stripped of their human rights to, like, have water, have food, and bosses um, harassing their workers, especially the women. There was a similar incident. It was either late 1800s or early 1900s. There was a... Yeah, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. And I found out about this incident because there was, um, I ended up seeing a play about it. Oh, okay. Mm. And this play was done in a way that it was more kind of like a series of monologues done Mm -hmm. by people who were in this this factory fire. Mm -hmm. And they were describing to us the scene of seeing people again it was very similar to rana plaza where there are no building regulations all the people who had power were able to get out of the building but the factory workers who were primarily young women weren't able to get out and one of the ones that made me absolutely like break down in the theater was a pedestrian who was watching this happen and they were trying to catch women who were just jumping out of the building because mm-hmm. there were no oh. fire escapes. It was either burn or jump and maybe survive. Yeah. And people were trying to catch them. And that, I just, oh, it was a lot. Yeah. It really was a lot. That also kind of reminds me of that apartments in London or England somewhere. They caught fire, but there was no um, prepared fire exits or the extinguishers. And then a lady with a baby, she managed to save a baby by throwing the kid out the window and someone actually caught him. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So going to something a little bit more light, because um, <laughs> it, it, we got a little heavy. I mean, it's a, it's a heavy subject. Yeah, I don't it is. doubt that. Yeah, extremely. So from Cora Maria, one of our patrons, shout out to Cora. Um, yeah. What is your inspiration to your designs? Well, I think it started with the Japanese Harajuku fashion. I bet you know a lot mm. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a huge influence when I started. But then when I got into studying, there wasn't a whole lot of it. A lot of the stuff we were getting pushed into our faces was a lot of haute couture and 
Australian designers because, like, mm-hmm. we're in Australia. Why not? We're in the industry. Yeah. But we're going to be in there. And then it, it kind of merged. And then that's when the sustainable fashion element came in. I tried to, like, make a, a compromise or a balance between the three. There was a stage where I was a bit put off by alternative fashion because of its there was, like, rules of dressing a certain way or having a certain oh, silhouette to look yeah, a certain. Yeah. It gave me an impression that it wa- probably wasn't as creative as I thought. Mm-hmm. compared to when I was exposed to high fashion in haute couture. And it came to third year, when it came to the brand I- identity that we we're going to carry on if we choose to, I got into genderless street fashion, so it wasn't necessarily alternative. But then the whole Japanese um, influence came back because I, that's just like how much I saw of it. it it's still there. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I think as far as like the rules and the silhouettes and stuff like that, I think that's often like the Western interpretation of these different styles because like otherwise it would just be us just wearing stuff, you know, and so we're trying to like emulate certain styles there. So then it's easier for us to like, oh, okay, we got to make these rules about it. But in Japan, I think there's like so much more freedom. And I think that's also because identity plays yeah. a huge role in America in Westerners. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think if people feel that they're starting to lose that label that they put on themselves if they're starting to deviate from that it's like oh I gotta get back into what I was originally or else I'm not doing it right if you're into Harajuku fashion and stuff like that I think that's if you fit like the stereotypical look then it's like oh this will get me more positive attention or something like that sometimes if you don't fit into a category it's hard to like feel like you fit into the group yeah and it it gives you unnecessary anxiety as well yeah (laughs) yeah exactly So a lot of your pieces are made from garments that are already produced. So you do a lot of upcycling. What is the process that you go through in making a garment that is made from an already existing piece of clothing? Well, firstly, you look at the garment and look at the fabric. Is it woven or is it knit, stretchy and all that? And what can I do, like, technically? So I don't ruin the garment so much (laughs) to the point it's unwearable. Mm -hmm. So it's more technical first rather than visual that comes second for me. And then I look at fibres because here the laws are a bit strict with your care labels. I try to match like natural and natural if I can and if I really want to. So then you can be able to say how to like take care of it. Yes, it's easier to take care of for the customer because Mm -hmm. um, they're probably not as careful as I am. Right now I'm trying to unpick a silk dress. It's from California. I don't know how it got here, by the way. <laughs> um, I found it in a thrift shop, so I'm unpicking it, deciding what could I do with it because if I, I have this cotton sweat, I think it's cotton from the feel of it. If mm. I put it on there, it would have all be a dry clean only situation. Mm. But at the same time, I don't know if that affects the cotton, so I have to be careful and oh, right now okay. I'm still deciding what to do with the, all the silk ones. I've unpicked the whole thing. Oh, wow. That's so like, it is really difficult. Yeah, that's like something I haven't thought of. Um, the technicalities yeah. of textiles. Yeah. A lot of the overseas um, fashion colleges I see now, they're, they're very artsy, I have to say. Mm-hmm. The one I went to is more focused in production and oh. all, the, all the paperwork and all that. Mm-hmm. There's a whole section of the fashion industry that I think a lot of people kind of skim over. 
um, yeah. like textile production. For a while, because I've always been into fashion, there was a time where I was like, I want to like make fabrics, but I don't know how to do that or what that's called. But I, was like, I, was, I was like that as well. I wanted to do textile design, but because we were taught so much sewing, it just came to this. Yeah. Mm. My dad was like, oh, that's textile creation. That's not like you wouldn't be sewing. I'm like, but I want to do that too. <laughs> I want to do it all. So let's go into that process a little bit more. You've found a few items via thrifting or by other means. What do you do with that garment in order to change it into something new? Well, have you seen my recent one? There was a, it's a fitted stripy dress with some frills and a wedding. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Okay, that, that one was very difficult. I had to think carefully. I was even scared to even cut that wavy line because I had to think about the finishing rather than the visual um, mm-hmm. result. With that wavy line, I had I had to mark certain spots around the hip line where there's supposed to be darts because this is what I was taught. You have to cut certain places where it's a bit bumpy, like around the hip or along a dart mm-hmm. point. So I had to mark all those first and then join it up, draw it into a line. And then I had to slash that whole line. When you go into this uh, into this process, you kind of have some vision in your head, but you yeah. don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah, it's kind of like um, ah. a, a lottery. You don't you don't know what's gonna happen at the end, but just go for it. Just cut. <laughs> That's terrifying. You know, you know, as long as you know how to finish it, it's, the, it's like the overlocking part. That, that was all I needed to think about. Can I overlock this properly through my machine without? Mm bits and pieces getting caught. That's so interesting. And it kind of reminds me of like fashion one ray shows where it's just like, okay, you got to make this design today that's based off of this this idea, this concept. And I'm always like, oh my gosh, how could they like, you know, make sure that this thing works? You know, they're not even doing like, here's a prototype of this thing. And then... You know, and they then have time pressure as well. They yeah. don't get much time, which yeah. I, I don't think I could handle it. Yeah, no, just thinking about what you do, I would go into yeah. a panic attack. Just like, I, I don't know if this is going to work, and I have to try like 50 different times with just muslin to make sure it works right. And then if you're Sometimes using... you have to improvise, like if things do go wrong, what can you do? Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's uh, terrible. Yeah, Cover I'm... it up. Oh, <laughs> scary. Uh, I, I'm getting like, but, you know, just but, thinking about but it. But if you, like, I don't know, had more practice and stuff like that, like, I'm sure you would. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. been studying for three years. Yeah. I've been I've been sewing, like, cosplay and very simple bloomers for, like, three years, and that's, like, on and off. You have much more yeah, skill. like, so discipline I, practice, so. And also add on to that 160 hours unpaid bridal couture. Oh, hand my sewing, Hand cutting. Going into that, I'm curious as what is your emotion going into creating a garment, like actually cutting, sewing? Is there any anxiety or is it mostly just like you're in the flow state? It's mostly in the flow because when I first started again, I wasn't that skilled. I would panic and get Mm. scared of what I'm doing. But now it's like I can, even when I'm sewing, sometimes I just sing. Lately, I've been getting into the um, Wicked soundtrack. That's so, cool. so sometimes I just sing the songs while I'm sewing and cutting. Mm, that that brings like such yeah. a domestic thought in my head, and that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, I love it. So the next question that we have that we have written down, um, <laughs> could you explain what slow fashion is for us? It is literally the opposite of fast fashion. So fast fashion, a, a lot of things produced with slow fashion, 
limited runs and it prioritizes the quality over the quantity mm. and the practices the more ethical sustain and sustainable resources they are the main focus essentially also a bit of a spiritual thing i don't know if that's the right word but with my patchwork shirts if you've seen them they take at least like eight to 12 hours to piece together mm. if the pieces aren't very um small so i spend more time and respect and put more respect into the making than the process of the garment. And the customers especially, they need to recognise that and that a garment is not some cheap kick, it's an actual investment with your money going mm. to it. Mm. So if, it, if that investment is suspiciously cheap, then others down the supply chain are paying the actual price that you're not paying. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. And it's a um, at least... You don't have garment workers, yeah, like fainting in factories and stuff, and they can afford food and have a house over. Mm-hmm. Right, because I think it's just that overall pressure to feed the more, demand. More, more, more now, yeah. now, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've become very impatient lately. Like even with the invention of our instant technology, what we're using to talk to each other, right? Um, we've become a lot more impatient, and we expect things to happen instantaneously. Like I, I won't lie, I'm a bit like that, but slowly getting out of that mindset. So do you have any suggestions to those people who want to be more environmentally friendly and sustainable but cannot afford slow fashion? Well, let's try a whole alternative. So for those who don't know, it's basically mm. refreshing your wardrobe without the need for buying new clothes at all. Ah, okay. Mm. So technically the most sustainable clothes are the ones that you already have really. And we all have plenty as well in the West because we're constantly buying things, like even if it's fast fashion and if you can take care of it, it's still like somewhat more sustainable than buying a new fast fashion top of to replace it. Because yeah. I find that the quality nowadays, it's continually getting worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Shirts are now paper thin and they're made to fall apart and deteriorate in the wash within five uses. So, oh, can I ask, um, Kamala, have oh. you seen any um, MOQs, like the minimum order quantities? If you've noticed, they're actually like getting higher and higher. When I was in studying three years ago, we were looking uh-huh. at this stuff. They're like expecting us to buy like, like a thousand of a style, like if you were yeah. a retailer. Yeah. They just keep getting higher in a quality, that's when it drops mm, because yeah. they have to meet, meet a deadline for time and then mm. get all that to you. Pressure that I feel with like being an illustrator and I get my things like printed on to different things. And so I have to go through like, oh, okay, like who can I find that can make this thing and I can give them to them? What the, I guess, expected outcome is like, oh, as you become a bigger brand, you're supposed to like move overseas and like have some other factory and stuff make it. I'm just like, oh, so how do people make that jump to where like, they would be able to understand like, oh, how is the work quality there? You know, other than like, say like on Alibaba, which is like kind of a website where people, it's, I guess, look into that stuff. Yeah, it, it looks a bit dodgy as well. Just yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm just like, oh, how do people like take that chance? Because every time I look through those profiles and stuff, I'm just like, well, that's just like based on what 
they're saying they're you saying can't, like unless you can afford to take a plane ticket and tour the factory right you right. don't know the conditions right exactly and there's like a you know a language barrier like even though like a lot of them know a bit of english and stuff can be missed in translation and things like that so i can't i, can't. I think i know at least two documentaries that have that experience i've watched one recently it sent some kids from uh, i think it was either sweden or norway or mm-hmm. over to cambodia who make things for brands like Mango and H&M. They actually, like, had to go experience what the garment worker was experiencing in and out of the factory. So at home trying to cook for 10 people with Mm. a tiny wage of, like, $9 they earn in a day. Actually, kind of going into that, and I'm not sure if you know about it. This is just something that popped in my head as we were discussing. I know that H&M has a textile recycling program that they have. Oh, where... boy. Oh, please, dish, <laughs> dish, spill the tea. Well, um, has Corey um, invited you to our alternative fashion group for sustainability yet? E- I don't yes, know. Yes, but I, I don't think I've seen a post about this. Or... I've, I know I liked the sustainable alt fashion page. page? I'm yeah. not sure yeah. about a group. Yeah, I don't know if it's two different things or not. Okay, we might um, deal with that later, but basically <laughs> all of us give them a lot of crap for their greenwashing. Someone um, in Australia, uh, he used to be a comedian. He didn't have his own show. He did a war and waste program with the plastic bags and recycling here to track like this and puts trackers and things he donates to see if it actually gets recycled. As it starts getting to the point where it's just dumped in a place, you begin to wonder, like, where is this place? And then he would go there. This place where um, I think it was the plastic bags, it was just there, but he had to ask the building that owned this dump, mm-hmm. like, where did his plastic bags go? Oh. And he said he has to go over go overseas to be recycled, so we don't do the recycling here in Australia. It's too expensive. Okay. Our minimum wage, by the way, is around, like, 20 to $21. I don't know if that's any higher than yours. Oh, yeah. Well, also, we have to think about conversion rates. Yeah, yeah, inflation um, and all of the other stuff. Australian dollars is very different from yeah. American dollars. So, in fact, I will look that up. I know. Dollars a bit stronger. We've yes. been yeah. having bad times here. So, please, as I look this up, continue dishing the tea. Mm-hmm. Okay, with H&M, the, the recycling scheme, it's really just um, burning clothes to make energy. It's almost a gray area, but... A lot of stock, even in one steel tags, they still burn it. So I don't don't think that even counts as recycling because essentially it's just fuel for an energy plant. That's Hmm. interesting. Like, I don't know what to think of that. Like, that's, I I mean, I guess it, like you said, it kind of counts, but we also need to think about the, you know, there are some clothing that are, I assume, some of them are dyed I'm, with I'm going by what H&M has said, but again, like, they could be burning it for nothing. I don't know much yeah, about this power yeah. plant they're talking about. Yeah, and but again... But we give them, we give the company a lot of crap, this, our group. Yeah, uh, and again, a lot of those those pieces of clothing could have been dyed with synthetic dyes that aren't safe to be burned or they're made with plastic mm. fibers or... A my- lot of it now is because, like, the polyester... Yeah. Um, oh. It is essentially fuel... Mm-hmm. It's oh. from the same resource, and you're you're burning it for energy, which makes sense. But at the same time, it's not really sustainable. Yeah, and mm. you have to think about like when you burn, burn things, you, you a plastic item. The yeah, there's the fumes that come off of it. Are they safe for the environment? 
if they're not, yeah. then there's probably a crap ton of textiles that we don't know about that are just getting thrown back into the garbage. Oh. It does make, that makes this whole um, ethical um, and sustainable fashion thing tricky because you don't know, like, when people tell you things, you don't know if, if you should believe it or, or what. Right, or what's because the of technicality what someone else of it. said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just looked it up. Um, 20 Australian dollars is equal to 14 US dollars. So it's so basically the same. For Chicago. For Chicago, The yeah. Chicago mm. um, minimum wage is going up to $15 yeah. in the next two years. Yeah. But for America, the federal minimum wage is only like 6 or $8. $8. Dollars. Yeah. It's like 8 50 oh. or something. Yeah, America isn't good yeah <laughs> i don't we know if you've heard the then, news even but... though we're on crap times yeah we really yeah. are oh my lord so how can we as fashion consumers and i know especially a lot of us in the j fashion community we love to collect these pieces even right. if we don't necessarily wear them they may yeah. bring us happiness just by being there so how can we be kinder to the earth and humanity mm-hmm. in our hobbies uh and in alternative fashion i don't really participate much in the alternative lifestyle specifically you should have um asked cora that because the brisbane um scene is a lot livelier than here i don't think perth even has one um mm-hmm. But try to support local businesses. I, I think you guys have Miss Alphabet over. Yeah, yeah. We love, love her on <laughs> yeah. here. Like any small businesses trying to do good, really. Mm-hmm. Because I think your shipping, like from Japan with your J Fashion, is, is going to be a lot. You might yeah. as well spend that money on an expensive garment in the USA. That's, That's true. I don't think a lot of people think about that. That's yeah. because you're probably true. paying more shipping than the actual garment that you're buying. Yeah, and it ends up right. just kind of balancing out. Yeah, seeing like people prioritize like the Japanese fashion brands and things like that because um, that's where it originally right was from. right exactly and I mean I guess I can't really say it because I was trying to think about well Lolita is kind of I know a lot of their pieces are made to order. Made to order. So there's not a lot of waste. Yeah. Yeah. They're extremely expensive to make. I don't know how much waste necessarily goes into Lolita fashion. You know, that's actually something that would be very cool to delve into. What are the factories like for the textile creators and the, uh, the seamsters that create Angelic Pretty, Baby the Starshine Bright? ACDC rag like we I don't think we've ever talked about that I know like ACDC rag they definitely do stuff in China and like they have like a there's like definitely I was was in Japan recently and was checking out all the J fashion brands like in person in front of me I'm not a huge fan of ACDC rag because I've been pretty much spoiled by fine wools and silks and stuff (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) so the fabric felt a bit costumey to me and I didn't like that yeah I guess some people don't like that particular like quality I guess of I would say ACDC rag rag is the fast fashion of J J fashion fashion. definitely With the prices like that and the quantities they have. So I think in the future, Kamila and I, we should take a look, do some investigative reporting. Yeah, and just like have update part of... This, this is how is... sustainable Lolita fashion is. This is how yeah. sustainable these fashions are. Um, I definitely think like the casual fashions, though, are a lot more like fast fashion based. Just because we often like are trying to look for things that are... Um, a bargain. A bargain and different things like that but 
I think that we are able to use thrift stores and, you know, reuse things from the past a lot more than, say, like, someone who's into Lolita fashion, they wouldn't be able to, like, walk into their local, like, thrift store or something Mm. and find, like, oh, I'm going to find a Lolita dress, you know, from a while ago. They have to, like, kind of search it out. And then also it's a a lot about I'm looking for this particular dress, Mm -hmm. too, like Decora or, like... Fairy K, the ones that are more like based in like the 80s or 90s, they can go and get like, you know. There's a lot of upcycling. Yeah, there's a lot of upcycling that can happen. Um, And also like making a lot of accessories and different things like that, I think. Come easier. Yeah, come a little bit easier. So it like one could be balanced out with another thing or something. Yeah, that's what um, I was um, frustrated. You know, I talked with how I got frustrated with old fashion and kind of just like went away from it for a while. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like with Lolita fashion, you can actually like go find genuine vintage old 20s dresses and then alter it technically mm-hmm. because it's it's inspired by the old old Victorian fashion. The laces and the faint colours, it's all there. So what is your hope for the future of fashion in general? Oh, it's a hard one (laughs) because I'm I'm not the most optimistic person, you know, like despite the cheerful designs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just want like people to just think about like before they buy something, ask yourself, do you need it? And did someone along the supply chain get hurt to do this, to make Mm -hmm. it for you? Yeah. And I want people to realise and like respect what they have. Because my mother, she's from Malaysia. She grew up very poor. She told me one time, um, like to the point they can't afford new clothes. So what my grandma would do was unpick the old shirt and then get some scrap fabric, which is what I'm doing. So that's that just came around full circle, and then just make yeah. the new shirt from that. And there wasn't much money for food, so they had to like really ration it out, and they had to live with a, like a tin roof kind of house. Yeah. And that's not comfortable in that climate over there in Malaysia. It's oh, very yeah. humid it's and hot. Tropical. When you have to like hunt for your food and like work harder to gather it, it's kind of like becomes more important. You want to waste less of it. I kind of feel like with fashion, like we don't have to do anything for it a lot of the time so it gets overlooked a lot because people just see it as something petty and frivolous and I know a lot of people who are like that but in actual fact it's the second worst polluting industry the first like on top of that list is the fuel industry so Christina thank you so much for joining us today to talk about sustainability and really getting us to think about what the heck we're buying yeah exactly i don't it's it's stuff yeah and it's overall you're right it is just stuff like i think overall in the alternative fashion community we need to start thinking about where our money is going and who is making our stuff so thank you for helping us think more about it um you're most welcome and then um anyone who wants to ask questions like go ahead and ask me any questions or any other fashion influencer Mm -hmm. as well because they probably know more than I do going on that where can people find you and your brand I'm on Depop and Instagram my username or handle some people call it that um is at clean the label all in one word that's where I follow you (laughs) and is that the same on Depop as well yeah lucky I got the same username for both accounts nice that's always kind of a a bitch to find yeah exactly All right. So again, thank you so much. If you, our listeners, are interested in learning more about sustainable fashion, we're going to be talking more with Christina about um, 
sustainable fashion influencers, about fashion revolution, with which we discussed about very briefly in the beginning of our interview. So mm-hmm. if you're interested, head on over to our Patreon, become one of our $3 tier patrons, and you will get that super cool bonus content. With that, my name is Hayden. My name's Kamila. And... Christina. I'm Christina. <laughs> I always like I always love to see people's reactions just because it's I that's like the one thing I throw at everyone yeah. out of the blue and they're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I'm a part of this. <laughs> this has been OK Podcast. We will see you all next month. Bye bye. Bye. Laters. <laughs>